0: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle instead of Podbean, so make sure you make the switch. But also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And that includes the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. You're going to get more Dolphins content there than you're going to get anywhere else. So if you're a Dolphins fan as well as a Heat fan, make sure you're subscribed. Also check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out for the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk, the latest columns from Mateo Mayorga. And others, and also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. You heard him here on the program about a week ago. He's our guy, Nelson, reach out to mobile CRM and staffing services. He explained it better than I can, but what they do is they rent the CRM equipment on a short and long-term basis to hospitals, surgery centers, chiropractic offices, and pain management offers offices. They also offer cadaver cadaver lab courses. Again, they rent the CRM equipment to an office and then they also send out an x-ray technologist to run the machine to help out in that way so just check out the website everything is there c dash armandstaffing.com that's the letter c for cat dash armandstaffing.com or call nelson directly huge heat fan as you heard here on the pod 561-891-9620 that's 561-891-9620 again that's c-armandstaffing.com and now today's episode
1: down to this day. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. wait here's the
2: thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs. Just like to said, you in trouble, y'all. Keep the floor plain. got a all banned. Y'all seen the block? Stop with one hand. Impact we trust, it's power have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
3: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick, back on Five on the Floor. It seems like a long time since we did this. We've got the entire crew. Here's the floor plan today. We've got Greg Sylvander, you can follow him at Greg Sylvander, Brady Hawk, you can follow at Brady Hawk 305, and Alex Toledo, you can follow at Tropical Blanket. Also, check out The national podcast that I do with Brady, it's called the Step Back Podcast on Fan Sided. We had Caitlin Cooper on the Pacers today. She's terrific. Uh, And then we also talked a lot about the Mavs, the Suns. We did a little bit of BAM conversation on there, too, and on the Lakers and the Nets and the Warriors. So plenty of stuff on the Step Back Podcast. It's in all the same places that you find five on the floor. But today, we're just going to talk about one guy. It's Bam Adebayo, and this is kind of the BAM we were waiting for. And I was going through some of the numbers today, not surprisingly. It's the first time in his career that he's scored 70 points over a two-game span. In fact, there's nothing particularly close um, to this. Uh, He's never scored 60 over a two-game span prior, so 70 points over the last two games. He is now averaging a clean and neat 15.0 shots per game. Why is that number significant? That's the exact number that Pat Riley asked for when he held his press conference uh, prior to the season or at the end of last season. I mean, it's the exact number that Bam stated he would get to at his own media day press conference, exactly 15. He hit that with 22 field goal attempts and then I believe 18 over a couple of games, his free throw attempts are up. Um, his turnovers are up. We've talked about that, but they've actually come down a little bit lately, even as he's been, more productive. His free throw shooting is the best of his career. His assist numbers down a little bit from where they are from a career perspective, but again, not significantly. The rebounding has been coming up lately as well. Okay. 32 and eight uh, in this last game. And of course had an even bigger game than that before. So there's going to be a caveat to all of this. And to me, this is similar to conversations that Dolphin fans have had with people about Tua Tagovailoa, which is that These are guys that are going to be perpetually doubted until they prove it when the goalposts continue to move. Right. So like you look at Tua situation for those who are Dolphin fans. Right. First, it's he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Okay. then then it's he's not like he's not a franchise guy. Right now, it's well, he's not an MVP candidate until he wins in the snow. Like, it seems like every day there is there is something else that's being added to this to invalidate what someone is accomplishing. This is similar with Bam. Now, Bam didn't come in with the same expectations that Tua did, but he's been here longer. But it's been this perpetual doubt that has come not just from outside the fan base, but just like with Tua, from inside the fan base. And so now, even as he's played to this level over the past couple of games, The caveat now is, and I do think in this case it is somewhat reasonable, okay, and we're going to discuss it today, will he do it when Jimmy Butler is back? Then the other part is, will he do it consistently in the postseason? He can't prove that now, but he can start to prove the will he do it when Jimmy Butler is back, when Jimmy Butler gets back, which is close. Jimmy, we've seen video of Jimmy uh, in the gym, and I've also reported uh, that it wouldn't be much longer before he returns. Again, that this is, Uh, An IT band injury in his knee, Um, if you're familiar with that, if you had a knee injury, as I have, so I am familiar with it, uh, it can cause the knee to swell uh, and some discomfort in the knee, and that's what he's been dealing with. It's the same knee as last postseason. It is not something that's going to require surgery at this time. It's something they're going to need to maintain, and they want to keep his minutes down. But they also want to put less of a burden on him, Greg, and this is where I'm going to go to you. Is it time? Is it time? Is it time for BAM to take this team.
2: It absolutely is. I think that there's, it's interesting because there can be two answers to this. Um, And I don't want to skip to the end too quickly, but Jimmy can close playoff games and he can be uh half court, Jimmy doing his thing in the playoffs, but bam, still take this leap in the regular season. As you talk about what he's done recently, you look at his 12 games in November, he's up to 22 points a game. On 16.6 field goal attempts. So he's even increased it there over 10 rebounds, three and a half assists. His turnovers are down uh, just to a shade under three when it's been up uh, 3.6, 3.7 most of the uh, season. So he really has played very, very well. Y'all know that I'm always going to rep Bam. I think he's, there's no doubt in my mind that he is growing into the type of player that can be a one, two, duo that can win a championship he's that good on both ends of the floor and he's just capitalizing on the chance on the fact that they absolutely have to have him do this right now they have no other options really uh tyler is rounding back into form but still hasn't shot well uh for an entire ball game so that element of the offense isn't 100 back yet so they've had to rely on bam he's played great um i know that Fans are always gonna want more. Sometimes I'm I, I feel like I should have never said no ceiling out loud because now people like are gonna always look up and say, well, there's no ceiling, so is it can it be better? Uh, to me, he's showing why he's absolutely untradable. the heat, consider him untouchable uh, because he's doing all this offensively that uh, has been a big emphasis for Miami to get him more involved in the offense and he's still doing the things on defense that we've known him to be great for. So to me, it's been a really big, uh, great start to the season. And this is the test, but I think this is the moment. This is when it becomes more about getting bam involved, because I think it's going to be not just the team functions better, which I think their records have all indicated that, but Jimmy can do less heavy lifting and like, wouldn't he want that? I think uh, is a big point heading into the back half of the season.
0: Well, I made the point um, and I did on the stream the other day that this team feeds off of BAM more than any other guy on the team, that there is an expectation of what Jimmy is going to provide, particularly when the games matter, but you don't always know what you're going to get from BAM, Alex, like then. And that, and so when you do get it, the team reacts differently. There's a different energy to it, but let me ask you this question, this leap that we're seeing, and, and it's not sustained. I mean, it has to last longer than a two game period or a two week period is this more about skill development for him or is this more about mindset development? If you had to pick one over the other, what have we seen more of lately?
1: You uh, framing it as if you guys to pick one over the other was very smart because you know me, I was going to cover my bases and say it's a little bit of both. No, but really I do think uh, it's a mindset thing. And I, I said on a pod, I want to say, two weeks ago, I think it was after a game, you asked me if Bam had significantly improved this season. And I said, no, but that doesn't mean I'm down on Bam at all. I I was actually high on him, even though the turnovers were piling up a little bit. And I think all of that is to say that Bam already had a lot of the stuff in his game. It's not necessarily that he added stuff over the summer. It's more that, you know, guys are playing. I mean, Bam is playing in a way where he's stepping up, you know, his role. He knows that he, you know, he, set these high expectations on himself like you said he's at exactly uh 15 field goal attempts a game his you know his free throws are all right they could go up a little bit they they're a little down from last season but that doesn't even really matter when you're looking at the big picture like he has been awesome for them in this time with Jimmy out and I think one of the silver linings um particularly it's it's the front court right like you know what you have in your front court with Caleb we're talking about two different level players of course but For what you expected, I think you feel very solidified with your front court. I think another uh, silver lining, just sorry to keep going all over the place, but is is Lowry, right? But I think Bam is the biggest one out of all of them. I just think like him being able to put together back-to-back 30-something point uh, games, it's just huge. Like that was always the thing with him is that we know that he has the skill set to have games like that. Can he do it? back-to-back times? Can he do it without 15 games in between of him just being what he regularly does, which is already an awesome player. I think if you're looking forward to him becoming a better score and doing everything that, you know, I think fans need to see in order to justify his contract, which I don't agree with, but he is doing those things. It's just always going to come a little bit slower for a guy like him. Like we've talked about in the past. And I think um, he's figuring it out. Like he's, he's figuring it out when it comes to, Um, how to put it together, right? Like everything that he is already good at when, you know, picking his spots, when to go as a lob guy, when to go and take that little midi and rhythm, he's being much more decisive. Like, I just think the stuff that he already was very good at, he's just putting it all together. And it's part of the the maturation of his game. He was younger
0: this season. We talked about this before the year. He was younger entering this season than Alonzo Mourning was when Alonzo Mourning came to Miami from Charlotte. And we thought of uh, Alonzo at that st- at stage totally differently than we, we think of Bam. I, I-, I feel like uh, when-, when I look at-, at Bam, there was this thing, why isn't he there yet, right? Like, why isn't he there yet? And it's just, again, you, you forget how young he was, um, his first year again, you know, he was playing mostly behind Hassan Whiteside and he has never, and, and this is the other thing that I think people don't really get. Tyler hero has always been a go-to guy on his teams. Okay. Even, even his year in Kentucky, you know, where the first half of the season, he wasn't the second half of the season, like Tyler, they went to Tyler hero down the stretch of games, Jimmy Butler. We all know his background and homeless and transfer from junior college and all the rest of that. Uh, and so maybe he didn't have that, but he had that mentality, right? Like it's just, he, Jimmy is a, is a pure alpha. Um, Bam is not a pure alpha. It's not his personality. He likes to kind of, get along to go along that that's who he is. He's, he's, he's not going to demand things of other players the way that maybe Jimmy might, he won't grate on other players the way that Jimmy might. It's a different style of personality. It's one of the reasons why everybody wants to play with Bam around the league uh, because of how likable he is, but also in some ways, it's been a bit of a detriment because he's not the type to say, get the hell out of the way. I'm going to go get mine. He's not, he doesn't have a number one wide receiver mentality. Uh, You know, like you you would see in the NFL or something like that. It's just not him. So I'll go to you on this, Brady. We have had this discussion many times about how Eric Spolstra needs to put him in position to be unleashed and almost kind of push him that direction. Even when Kyle Lowry came, it was one of the benefits of Kyle coming is when Kyle throws the ball to him, he's going to clear the hell out, okay, and force Bam to make a play without kicking it back out. And that's taken time. But also, Eric had to stop calling 3 million dribble handoffs where it seemed like the purpose was for Bam to get Duncan open as opposed to Duncan to clear space for Bam, who is the max guy. How much has Spolstra played into what's happened here lately where Bam has started to break out?
4: Yeah, I think a lot of it's Spolstra and some of it's injuries because does, do these things happen with Eric Spolstra adjusting if all these guys are out? Maybe not. So I think that's a question to be asked. Uh, it was funny. You mentioned before about like Bam stepping up without Jimmy. When you think back at his past games, like these two biggest games that were against Brooklyn, I think both of them, he had yeah, the big game in Brooklyn and the one at home with the game winner. I think both of them were without Jimmy. You see on this spin without Jimmy that he's able to step up. So it's like, it's not that Jimmy's holding him back. It's just like, it's kind of like a, a utilization of him in the offense, it feels like, uh, with some of the sets that they run and different things. So that'll be something to monitor. But in terms of, Bam and Eric Spolscher, the way he's utilizing him, I think one of the first things that stands out is the grab-and-go type system. like The fact that they're letting him get the board and just absolutely run the break and not look around, where's Where's Tyler? Where's Kyle? Like Wasting that amount of time it's, bit, oh wait, I'm one of the best creators on my team and in the NBA, I can just outrun everybody uh, and score in any big man in this league. So he's basically been running in transition a lot more and that's just positive offense, which we touched on with Caleb as well has been doing that. You go to the next factor, it's that I mentioned before, if you look at his shot chart, like the, the where they show where he's getting his shots from in these last few games, they're, they're all like from the same exact spot. And it's funny because if you did not watch the game and you looked at that, you're like, okay, he's just doing the same thing over and over and over because that's how he's generating those shots. That's not happening. Like that is not the case at all. Like it's uh, rolling to the basket. It's post split into a face-up. It's a post-up when he gets a smaller guy on him. Like he's doing all of the things that you wanted him to. He's not picking one thing. And when you're talking about diversity in his game, that stands out. And I'll say something I touched a lot on the stream the other night was the fact that they basically ran the exact same set the entire third quarter because they saw an advantage where Bam pinned down, Tyler Curl, lob, lob. And then all of a sudden, Tyler gets a goaltend off it. Like, they kept doing it. We rewind back to the game before. Like, let's look at the Washington game. Uh, The first play of the game, they ran that, Bam got a lob out of it. But fast forward a little couple minutes into that game, they did the exact same play except bam was the guy coming off the curl where it was jovic screening down bam comes off the curl and he hits a mid-range bucket in the middle of the floor that is the element here like they're probably not doing that when jimmy's on the floor and i think that's why i factor this in but when they're there's a difference between running sets with him like that pick and roll and running sets for him like when they're running sets for him in that way that changes everything like i said like the most teams will do to Jimmy is send a double at him. Like, if he's in the post, they'll send two at him and they'll kind of live with the results at that point. Bam can shift an entire game plan. Like, if you start doing stuff with Bam in the middle of the floor and he's hitting shots, the entire defense has to shift and start pinching inside. And all of a sudden, it just creates mayhem. So, there's just a big difference here. And credit to, to what Greg was talking about at the beginning of this show. I just feel like the, the answer to everything we talked about for this entire season so far with the offensive stagnant, uh, with the fact that the starting lineup couldn't figure stuff out in general in the half court, uh, who sit, kind of steps up, who steps back. Bam out of bio being the number one option as on this team is the biggest kind of adjustment for this team. Like the reason I feel like we were holding back on it a little bit was like, he has so much pressure on him defensively that can he be the number one option consistently, which I'm still unsure about that. But I think more than op- more often than not, I think he can be. And I wanted to mention the fact that I think it's the, f- the last five games with Jimmy being out and BAM playing, the Heat are a top three defense. Like part of this is the zone. Part of this is different things they're doing. But a lot of it is just BAM. Like I said it earlier on Twitter where I was like, they lost P.J. Tucker in the offseason. Jimmy Butler's been out. They're utilizing a bunch of you know Haywood Highsmiths and all these type of guys to kind of figure stuff out defensively, which they've been good. But that's just how good Bam has been defensively while also producing this stuff on the offensive end. So I think there's a way for him to do it. Uh, And the last thing I'll say is I put a number on Twitter also the other day where uh, only five players have 100-plus fourth-quarter points this season on 50% shooting. And some of these numbers may have changed percentage-wise, but it's Curry at 53%, Tatum at 51%. Giannis at 51%, Shea at 50%, and Bam at 60%. He's shooting 60% from the field in the fourth quarter on high volume. Like Once you're getting to that point, it's time to hand the guy the keys.
0: Those are three MVP candidates and the biggest breakout star in the league this year, right? Pretty much Uh, because that's what Shea is. All right, when we come back, and by the way, you mentioned without Jimmy in the two Brooklyn games, in the Washington game this time, but also the first BAM breakout that I remember since Jimmy's been on the team was when Jimmy played, but was not, I think he might've fouled out or got injured, didn't play in the fourth quarter in Washington. And, and BAM went nuts in that fourth quarter too. I think this
4: was two seasons ago. It is a consistent pattern. Go ahead, Brady. I was just say in game three in the Eastern conference finals, when he went out of halftime, and he ends up, putting up 32 or something like that so that's
0: what we're going to get to next because look for for a little give for a little take there's got to be a little give um and it's not just jimmy either it's 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 the other guy who wears 14 so i want to get into that on how that plays out going forward do you want to mention our sponsors though we got a couple of different codes okay so i'm going to give them to you all at once 5 rsn that is our product code and our gambling code okay so use it at therapist preferred you don't, have to, you don't need the Cyber Monday or the Black Friday or any of that stuff for this. They give you 25% using our code all the time. This is for your premium CBD, 5 RSN. That's the number 5 RSN. Get 25% off at TherapistPreferred.com. That's the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies. Manscaped.com, your grooming products, the cologne, the deodorant, the razors, all the free stuff that they send you, 20% off at Manscaped.com and betteredge.com use the code five rsn get twenty dollars to play this is peer-to-peer gambling so it is legal it's not offshore again it's legal in 45 states including the state of florida we run tournaments every single week uh, at five reasons so check those out our guy sean rochester posts those up i think Jay Rod uh, is participating this week and some of the others in that so go to betteredge.com find the line you want again it's b-e-t-t-o-r-e-d-g-e Com. All of those use the code five RSN. And we always mention prize picks world cup coming up U S or Iran. Our guy, Austin Robillard hit on all of his picks, all five, five for five for the, uh, the U S match, the last U S match, uh, the one against Iran on Monday, he'll have them as well as the NBA and the NFL picks that we provide all week. Use the code five F I V E get your
3: initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app.
0: All right, so if we're saying that somebody, the Bam's got to take the team, he kind of has to take it from somebody. So let's before let's we'll get to the tactical aspects of this, but let's start, Greg, with kind of the, (laughs) I don't know, the more philosophical aspects of this, the psychological aspects of this. Um, Jimmy Butler came down as a number one option. Okay, he was not always that during his career. As obviously we know in, in Chicago, he waited behind the dang and Derek Rose and not Yakim Noah necessarily, but others on that Chicago team, he kind of emerged into that Rose's injury contributed to that. Uh, then he goes to Minnesota. He was the number one option on that team when it mattered, uh, even while playing with towns, he goes to Philadelphia with MB and Simmons and Tobias, and he was still, the number one option on that team when it mattered. He comes to Miami. He's been more of a number one option, I think, than anybody even anticipated he could be with what he's done in the finals and done in the postseason. But it has always seemed like something he doesn't want to do, right? Or he's willing to give up. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. But I feel like with Jimmy, it's a little complicated because everything he says, he kind of goes to the opposite perspective like the next day. Like if you ask him a question, he's gonna he's going to just be contrary with you no matter what. And I, I sort of feel like he's okay with he he's, he's trying to get bam to be the number one option. He's been trying to do that, but it's different to say it than it is. If we come down the stretch of a big game and Jimmy feels he can, he, he has a matchup advantage that he's hunted and they're playing through somebody else. How do they execute that? What does that mean? And do you think Jimmy would be more willing to give it up to bam than Tyler?
2: Yes but I'm going to answer your last question first. Yes, um I think that this is a interesting mix because you mentioned like Jimmy giving up the team to Bam and when you say it like in that very transactional format it's not going to happen like that. Like this is Jimmy Butler's team and like this is uh, a team that will be led by him no matter what. I don't think that it necessarily needs to be about um who is the 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 alpha on the team because it is Jimmy Butler, to me it, it's about like for him to trust Bam to do it. It's going to require Bam just doing it consistently to the point where it no longer is a question mark whether it's coming or not. I mean, he's been in double figures all every game this season. Uh, I think thirty two straight, dating back to last year. So he's like he's gotten over that hump of. Is he going to always be in double figures? Now, can you always be 20 and 10 player? Like if that's where he's going, I think it's going to be easier for Jimmy to give a little bit of that more and more and more, knowing that in the playoffs, when things get bogged down, I think that they're ultimately going to be able to. Each have their moments, but Jimmy's going to be able to still take on that role. And so that's why I think the beauty of this is that the way it's been set up, the pecking order, everyone knows Jimmy is kind of the, the, the lightning rod of the team and, I don't think that they're going to have trouble with that kind of stuff. It's more about if it doesn't work, then I think there's going to obviously be issues beyond that. So like, it's kind of ridiculous to say, if it works, they'll all be great. But part of them giving the keys to B- to BAM is he has to do that consistently leading up to whenever these big moments come as the playoffs, you know, get closer.
0: All right, Alex, I'm going to throw this at you here. Okay. I know you love when I do this. Um, So just first thing that comes to your mind here. Who is the best passer on the, who's let's we'll start here. Who is the most willing passer to bam on the team?
1: The most willing passer, not best, um, most willing. Well, it's a tie between Kyle or Tyler again, okay. it's not to cover both bases, but it's true. Like they're both really good at, at running pick and roll. Uh, maybe Tyler a little bit more, but Tyler is also the one who is naturally looking for his own shot more, you know, when he's hundred percent. So I would say it's definitely one of them too. I think they both have great, Pick and roll chemistry with Bam. Who's the best passer on the
0: team? To Bam.
1: Kyle. Okay. Kyle's just the best passer. I mean, you could say Jimmy Butler's the best playmaker, because he definitely is. I mean, Bam is getting there. Bam is definitely getting there, but best passer is Kyle Lowry.
2: Tyler has better chemistry with Bam, though. I'm just passing. Ky- Kylo Lowry is yeah. a better passer, mm-hmm. but I, I mean the, the, the chemistry in the two man game. I don't know. I feel like, I
1: feel great two-man. about both of their two man game is basically where I'm at. All right. So here, by, no, by the no. way, I just want to throw in man. the numbers to back this up. Cause mm-hmm.
4: I was actually just looking at this Lowry last year was at 12 past the game to bam uh, per game. And now it's up to 15.1, which is like a really high number. Uh, Tyler's at was at 4.6 and now he's at 7.4. So, like, pa- passes, like, in general, Lowry's basically doubling him in that way, but I agree. Like, Tyler's connection-wise, like, I feel much more comfortable with. All right, so, Alex, I'll go to you on this next. I think you know where I'm going. How many passes
0: do you remember from Jimmy to Bam that were well, significant plays in meaningful games?
1: That's the thing. I mean, I think we've known this already. It's that that pick-and-roll partnership. Although you can create offense from it, like, they went to it a lot in the playoffs, They, you know, that empty side pick and roll you can create offense from it but that offense isn't going to be a jimmy dump down pass to bam most of the time like we talked about it they're going to collapse more often than not and i think the the numbers that brady threw out there are really interesting and also go along perfectly with some of the stuff that i was looking at is they're already kind of in this transition point of handing bam the keys now although jimmy is going to be the guy they probably still give the ball to more at the end of the the game uh and playoff situations uh bam is has a has 3% higher usage than Jimmy right now. Some of this might be, you know, swayed by this stretch here. But what I'm saying is he's taking, you know, a, a shot and a half more. Uh, Bam is taking twice as many mid-range attempts uh, per 75 minutes. He has um, his attempt, his overall attempts per 75 are up over Jimmy by two and a half. Like just in general, everything is pointing to, yeah, they're kind of already deferring to Bam. And, and that Alex, where is Tyler's Tyler usage? Tyler
0: and Kyle. Where's Tyler's usage compared to the two of them?
1: Oh, I got to see that. But that's, you know, he hasn't played so much. So I, I, I can bring up his usage. But I, what I'm just trying to say is that it seems like the whole team may be on the same page that, you know, it's time to get Bam more involved. Like everything is pointing to, yeah, he's, he's on that trend right now. And, you know, when Jimmy and Bam are on the floor, they're very good. When Jimmy and Bam and Caleb are on the floor together, they're awesome. When Jimmy and Bam are on the floor without Caleb, um, not good. I'm just gonna kind of sum up a lot of the numbers i I got here. So yeah, they need another front court piece, but as far as Jimmy and Bam playing together, I still think they you know they're they're great together, and I think the starting lineup has been very good. and it ends up just kind of being about you know having the right players next to him. Okay, but Brady, let's go to the Alex just said they're great together, right? okay, which
0: the numbers collectively show that that they, maybe not
1: they, their two man game.
0: Well, okay, hold on, hold on. They're great together in terms of the way that it ends up playing out in terms of offensive rating, defensive rating, et cetera, that you can win with big with the two of them. We know that, but just directly one-to-one Jimmy to bam, which is kind of where because I, I do think that they have shown they can win together. We've also said they're not the ideal two players to lead your franchise in the modern NBA, because typically one of your two guys has to be a plus three point shooter, which neither of them are. Bam is not taking any, um, he's not going to take any, I said before the year that you shouldn't count on him taking any, and it didn't matter that much if he took any, because there wasn't going to be high enough volume, but I wanted him to be more aggressive, getting to the basket, um, taking advantage of mismatches, shooting the mid range when he has it, he's doing those things. Okay. The threes were not going to happen. Dwayne Dedman has tried to turn himself into Steph Curry. Bam has not. Okay. You're going be taking more threes than Bam. If he was playing. Just it's just fact. OK, he's just for all the talk about, you know, Miami Pro-Am Bam and Durag rag Bam. The one part we weren't going to see was the three point shooting. We're seeing the other stuff. But, Brady, I'll go to you on this, because, again, the two of them, the overall numbers look fine. But I, I still am trying to think of meaningful circumstances where Jimmy has fed Bam for a big basket or Jimmy has deferred the Bam in those situations. There are not a lot of them, right?
2: Ethan is a shit starter. I'm just
0: saying, no, I'm not <laughs> saying, look, this is not, this is not Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I want to make that clear. This is not, I don't think he's intentionally avoiding passing to BAM like
4: Mitchell was, no. okay? I don't think it's that. But why doesn't he? Is it schematic? I mean, yeah, it's a skill set thing. And the reason I'll say it is at the end of a game, Kyle Lowry has the ball in his hands, BAM's coming to screen. Tyler Hero has the ball in his hands, BAM's coming to screen. If Jimmy Butler has the ball in his hands at the end of the game, it's a guard screen. It's either Kyle or Gabe or Tyler coming to screen because schematically you want to draw a mismatch for for Jimmy. Uh, If that's not there, you're slipping. You're trying to get a three on the opposite side. So I think it's schematically that you're not going to go to a Jimmy Bam pick and roll in a time of need, because uh, as much as I'm talking about those those actions that Miami's been getting to with Tyler, the reason you can get to them is because defenders have to go over on the screen in the first place. That's the reason you're getting two on ones. Tyler can make that pass because there's just one guy in no man's land when it's Jimmy and you're at the top of the key running a pick and roll. They're going to go under. They're just, it's just, you're playing two on two at that point that it just kind of changes uh, what you're trying to get to. And you're relying. If let's say specifically, it's inside the arc, you're relying heavily on Jimmy's pull-up. And the times it's worked is in the playoffs. Like when his pull-ups falling, you see the Jimmy Bim two man game gone to more because you can, when he has the pull-up falling. So I feel like, You know the numbers show that he does like the. I was looking at some of the. This doesn't tell everything, but I was looking at some of the passes. Like I said before, they're a lot lower uh, for Jimmy in that sense, anyway, and they're a lot more to guards. But that's just because schematically, that's what they're running for him, and that's what they're trying to get to, which which makes sense. Like think back to the how many whatever the three game winners they had. They ran the same guard screen at the end of the game. I just feel like it. It makes sense in terms of the personnel that they have.
0: So before I get to Greg on this, cause I know he's still calling me a bleepster here um, because I, I don't, I don't think it's intentional. I, I don't, I think it's more schematic. I, 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 I believe that, but Brady, what is the, is there an answer? Is there a player who changes that like a player on the floor? Like, because it feels like when Tyler's out there, part, part of why this gets a little clunky is that Tyler and Bam have that natural chemistry but Tyler being on the floor with Jimmy and Bam feels like there's the, the, the Jimmy Tyler dynamic is not always ideal. Right. So it kind of feels sometimes like you'd almost be better off with sort of, well, Duncan, that seems like a lost cause at this stage that he's going to get those kind of minutes. And, and we know also that when Duncan's on the floor, Bam defers to Duncan, which is not what you want. OK, so is it Max? Like who, who is mm-hmm. the is Max the guy that makes this work? For the two of them, does he create kind of that, that, that space between the two of them to allow it to operate better? And if that's the case, who does he play ahead of? Because right now, you're not taking Caleb off the floor in these situations, I don't think. I think Caleb's playing down the stretch because of the defense and, and the versatility.
4: I think if you're trying to figure out the exact thing that you're talking about and talk about the perfect plug-in guy, I think it is, in theory, Max over uh, Caleb. Uh, And the reason is Caleb's, yeah, he's, he's closing games and he looks terrific doing it, but he's doing it in the Jimmy role, as we say, like, can he do, is he going to be doing the same exact thing when Jimmy's in the Jimmy role and Caleb's playing more of the spot up and attack mode? Uh, I've been, I think it's very promising, the thing we've seen there, but I just think in theory, that makes it make a little bit more sense. Uh, And I, part of the schematic stuff, like, let's just say that is the case. And you run out that lineup with max. The key here is that We know about Jimmy and Max's connection in that way. Like, if you make Jimmy the handoff guy, like, this fixes a lot of the stuff. Like, when we're talking about things in the half court. Like, if you're saying Bam's the number one option they're going to go to time in and time out just throughout a game. I'm not talking about late in the game. I still feel like Jimmy Butler is that guy uh, most of the time. But the fact is that they still need a handoff guy of some kind. And Caleb's been that at times. But Jimmy's very good at it. Like, how do you guard Jimmy and Max? when Max has it going and Jimmy's slipping to the basket and Bam's that primary threat. Like, I feel like there's those type of ways to work around it. So you need that bridge guy. Like, you need the connector, and I think a spot-up shooter, a movement shooter like Max makes sense, while also realizing that it doesn't have to be Bam to get that movement shooter open or give that off-ball guy open. Like, because that feels like, like you said with Duncan, has been the issue over time. There still needs to be the, the kind of separator there where it's not Bam doing it. Maybe it's more Jimmy, which PJ did a lot of last year.
0: Right. He did. All right. I, I got two more quick topics. I'm going to get to, I do want to mention a couple of things here. First, thanks to our sponsors, c-armstaffing.com, our product code 5RSN for therapists, preferred Manscape, better edge. And then our code five for price picks. Also Wednesday night, tropical distillery uh, and we're having a party to celebrate tropical blanket here. Uh, tropical distillery in Miami, Alapada. It's a great new spot. It's owned in part by the Pouncey brothers. If you're familiar with them, um, free shot for everybody of age Arise prior to tip-off, which is about 7:35. So maybe we'll extend it to 7:37. Um, show up, hang out with us. We're going to do a live stream from there, or at least a podcast. We're kind of figuring out the details of that. Heat Boston, first of two big game Wednesday night. Tropical Distillery. I do have some. I just got some shirts today. I've got extra hats, so we're going to do some giveaways down there. So it's going to be a cool thing. I know Giancarlo from Heat Beat's going to be there. We're going to have some others. Uh, you're acquainted with from the network. Our producer, Maddie Chang is going to show up. Some of us are going to be down there as well. So um, come check it out. And uh, we'll be down there on Wednesday night. All right. Two things. Uh, First thing you said this, Brady, and and I want, I've appeared with you on 12 different places. lately. So, I'm not sure which episode it was on, but you said something to the effect of Jimmy needs to play a little more like Caleb. And, And you don't mean, become, you know, a high level role player, but you mean that in some of the ways, do some of the things Caleb's doing to kind of clear the path here for Bam and kind of create the actions on these sets. But I'll go to this and I'll go to Greg on this and I'm going to let Alex close. You are asking Jimmy Butler to do things you haven't asked him to necessarily do since he's come to Miami. We know that Jimmy is a mercurial personality. It just is. I mean, even when you talk to those who love him in the organization, they'll say there's a certain amount of management, ego management that needs to go on with Jimmy, the people closest to Jimmy. Tell me that. Okay. They don't shy Rise away from me when say it. All right. Jimmy Butler comes back. You're talking about a guy who took LeBron to the brink in the NBA finals last year, took the Celtics pretty much by himself to the brink in the NBA finals. It's not just that you're asking him potentially to clear a path for Bam in terms of the top of the ladder. Because we know Jimmy is going to be the alpha. We've talked about that. But you may ask him to do things in these sets on offense that are not things you've typically asked him to do. To do more do more screen setting, do more handoffs, position himself on different places on the floor to create the space for Bam to operate, right? Yeah. Do you think he will do that
2: I think Jimmy a fight?
0: But,
2: yeah, I do. I think that Jimmy Butler is capable of doing anything on a basketball court to help a team win, and he could turn shift his focus and attention to any of the stuff, the details that you're referencing, that Caleb is, has deployed recently to unlock BAM to a degree. And I think Jimmy can probably do all of those things even better and provide even better support and play at an even higher level doing it. Uh, he just hasn't demonstrated a... Um, lack of willingness to buy into whatever Miami has done since he's been in Miami. I think where it gets tricky is just like late in a playoff game, when things get really, really stuck in the mud, he just feels the need to win and at all costs. And at that point you see him just kind of take over. And so that's why I say like, as this progresses, if Bam continues to play this well and score this well, I think that it's not going to be as awkward as, even frankly us having to discuss it on this show uh, will be like in terms of them saying jimmy we got to have a conversation with you okay so we're turning the offense over to bam and we hope that you're okay with that but we want to definitely make sure you're okay with it. So we'd like to talk to you about it. Like I don't think it it gets like awkward like that. I think that it just happens organically. But it all is reliant upon winning. I think Jimmy will go along with anything as long as they're winning ball game. So that's what the uh, the kicker is here. Well, Jimmy surprise. Moved,
0: <laughs> well, Jimmy moved aside for Goron to a certain degree during the the bubble run, um, and there was that relationship there. To me, this is the most important question, and I'll I'll let Alex handle this one, is we've done this episode a lot of times, okay? I feel like we've done this BAM episode more than – this is the most optimistic, probably an analytical episode that we've done on it because we've actually seen glimpses of it now. It's not just hope, right? It's like we've seen consistent glimpses. But with that is going to come a reaction from the fans – if BAM goes back into a shell, that I think is going to be worse than it was before, because now we have seen it consistently and we are getting to the point where fans are gonna be like, come on, like seriously, like we're gonna go back to you know, you occasionally having an eight shot game, okay, or getting to the line twice or seeing Brooke Lopez and running the other direction, like we n- no like it's one thing to be hypothetically talking about no ceiling and everything this guy can do on a floor and what he does in a summer not a, in a summer pro am but it's another thing when he's doing he's carrying the team to victories down the stretch he is as we've talked about been one of the best fourth quarter scorers scores in the league this year one of the most efficient if he turns back now aren't the fans going to turn on him in a way they never have, Alex? Like, I I, I feel like that – I don't want to be having this episode in a month about that.
1: Yeah, it's tough, man. I hate that this is the way that we're ending this episode. But um, I, I think it's hard to argue that. I think the only way you could argue that is uh, maybe since the interest just isn't as high in the team in general, maybe fans won't be as, as, as terrible – uh, to him as they were during times in the playoffs, you know, especially cause he showed it in big playoff games too. And then in between those big playoff games w- would have single digits or low double digit, double digit scoring games. And so, yeah, I think it's about um, trying to be more consistent with it. And like we've talked about, I just think every single thing, you know, that's been discussed on the show, whether you're talking about analytically or uh, statistically is pointing to this happening now um, like you said, in playoff moments, we're gonna see what happens. But I think that has more to do with um, the way that their play style shifts or doesn't shift offensively in the playoffs. Because if they just want to go away from the screening, the movement, and stuff that they go, you know, that they're doing throughout the game and, and go one on one, it's gonna be Jimmy more, more often than not. And I that's not what I think people hope to see. I think you know it's it's gonna be more about the matchups when it comes to playoffs and uh, figuring that out. But I just think every single thing is pointing positively when it comes to Bam's game. I think Jimmy and Bam playing together. I'm not really worried about it. I think Jimmy wants this Bam uh, leap to happen. Everything, you know, just kind of points to it happening right now, but it happening slowly. Like their favorite actions are uh, Tyler Bam pick and roll, Kyle Bam pick and roll. A couple of seasons ago, their favorite action was Bam dunk and dribble handoff. You know, they, like Brady talked about earlier in this show, the the guard screening for, Jimmy Butler to to hunt the mismatches. So the fact that they've gone this season so heavily towards um, Bam as a hub of offense, even though it's just, you know, pick and roll stuff, like you can get a lot out of that, right? (laughs) So I just think, you know, yes, it'll be bad if he turns back. uh, But I think he's already, you know, started to see these flashes. I think he knows what he's capable of. Now, I don't think that means he's going to be putting up 30-point games over and over when Jimmy's playing. I think he's going to, His shots are going to go down a little bit. But I I think he knows how to put it all together now. I think you know what I mean? Like, he knows how to pick his spots and still be effective in what he does. And he knows how to be effective as an offensive scorer at this point. He knows. And he he knows what's
0: inside of him. Now the question is, will he bring it out consistently? I I don't want to be doomsday on this because I am more optimistic than I've been, which is why we're doing the episode. But I'm just waiting for that game where – you know, four minutes left, five minutes left. And all of a sudden it becomes, you know, Jimmy ISOs and step back, uh, you know, twos and all the rest of that stuff. When the Tyler Bam pick and roll has been working, that's all.
1: And I, the one thing I I would agree. Bam is way more clutch points though. And it's not even close than anybody else on the team. No question,
0: but it is different. It is different providing those points. And then when, again, there's a default that this team has gone to, just like there was a default late in Dwayne's career. Okay. And when and look, Jimmy at this point is more effective than Dwayne was at that point of his career. But there was a default with this team that you went to Dwayne in those situations, even if Goron had 27. okay, or other players were doing well, it was going to be Dwayne. It was probably going to be ISO. It was going to be step back and it was going to frustrate the hell out of fans. And like Spolster told me once and then he repeated this quote many times, I will go to my grave with Dwayne Wade at the end of the game. I feel like he's ready to go to his grave again with Jimmy Butler all the time. And sometimes that has been incredibly effective and the absolute right decision, but I can see where this is going. If Bam recedes now, he can't to me, we're at a point of no return. He's got to keep going. The one thing I do agree. I think we're all in agreement on this. I think he's more willing to give the reins to Bam than to Tyler. I do. I, I think I and, and there that doesn't mean there's been Bam up Tyler. for years. The, right, that doesn't mean there's a, there's not a role for Tyler in those situations, but I just feel like he has been prepping this, and for it to work, Jimmy has to buy into it. That's the thing. Eric has to push it, and Jimmy's got to buy into it. Those are the two. and then Bam has got to accept it, take the responsibility, and not let them down. Okay, because if Jimmy and Spo are going to give it to him, he's got to take it. There can't be any games where I never want to hear again this phrase. I need to be more aggressive. Don't want to hear it. Just do it. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to our sponsors, C armstabbing.com, therapist preferred, Manscaped, Better Edge, prize picks, Tropical Distillery, Wednesday night. We'll see in person. He's playing the Celtics. He's had some games against the Celtics. We'll see how that goes, right? And no Robert Williams, right? Or Robert Williams playing? No. Yes, no, no, right? Not back yet. So that should help. Have a good night, everybody. No ceiling.
4: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
3: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.